Um, now, when I, um, I was not here last week, brilliant to hear John's message about bringing hallelujahs and thanking God in advance what he's going to do. Amen. Um, and um, when I spoke the week before that, when it was uh, New Year's Eve on the, on the cusp, the, the, the crossover from one year to another, uh, I said what I was bringing was something of a, uh, a keynote um, because I said I usually bring sort of what feels like, you know, might be a keynote on the first Sunday uh, of the year. But I knew I was going to be preaching in Cardiff. Had a, a really good time there and was able to to speak um, uh, and, and and lay what I felt God had laid on my heart for them. So thank you for your prayers and for uh, releasing me to be there. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I it's now the second Sunday of the year. Hey. Is it all right if I still bring something which is a bit of a keynote? Is that still okay? A little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit. What I felt God saying this week. So some of you may recognise that picture. Who can tell me where the picture on the screen is from? Anyone? Nantararian, Balkan Nantararian. Um, you know the Red Kite Centre out towards uh, Goginan, through Goginan in that direction. Balkan Nantararian. Uh, now it may have confused you because I've actually flipped the picture around to make it work for what I wanted it to look like. So it actually goes the other way around. But I, um, uh, I went to uh, spend some time with God and to go for a walk uh, this week. And that was where I chose to go on this occasion. And so, straight away, as soon, and I really, I've got to tell you, I really needed to hear from God. I, we all do, don't we? But, you know, sometimes you really need to. And you need to connect with God and you need to hear from him. And I did feel that this week. Um, and as soon as I stepped out, this was the sign that greeted me. And I felt these words impressed straight away on my spirit. This is the way, walk in it. This is the way. Now some of you, um, I I can tell who, who understands it. Some of you will hear the phrase, this is the way. And if you're a Star Wars fan, your mind might go to the Mandalorian. Does anybody, anybody recognize that from the Mandalorian? (laughs) Okay, it's exciting. I don't know about, I don't know, this might just be me, because I've I've never really found anybody as excited about this as me, but I'm not talking about the Mandalorian now. I love new socks. I love new socks. I love the feeling of putting new socks on and that, that freshness and unfortunately, you can only put them on once while they're new, right? Because the next time you wear them, you've worn them and they've been washed. But today, I am wearing new socks. Woo! Yeah, it's even more exciting than that. They've got the Mandalorian on them. This is the way. Now, the reason that that is a phrase which is associated with the Mandalorian and love it or hate it, Star Wars, does have some interesting um, aspects to it in terms of uh, how it presents things. But the, the, th- that phrase for the Mandalorian refers to the fact that he is from a certain group of people who are expected to live a certain way in order to maintain the Mandalorian code and to live according to the, um, the, the task that they have as a group of people to carry out. And I believe that the same is true of us. 
I believe that we've been called out as a royal priesthood and a chosen nation and that we are therefore called out to live in a way that sometimes might look different to the way that the other people around us in our workplaces or our place of study or even our families and our communities. We're called to walk a certain way. And if you are a Mando fan, I just want to maybe let you down a little bit by explaining that this phrase did not come from Mandalorian in the first place. Let's read from Isaiah and chapter 30, and let's read these words together if you're able to from the screen there. Whether you turn to the right, to the, to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So I'm claiming these words for the Lord this morning. When I did speak last time, I talked about the fact that in 2024, I feel like there's a sense that God is going to make a way in certain specific areas where there seems to be no way. And that is a, a, a sense of like there might be miraculous moments. There might be uh, testimonies where we point them. We go, well, we couldn't. There's no way we could have thought of that. There's no way we could have achieved that. There's no way we could have done that. That is God's work. And those are miraculous moments. And, and, and I believe that we will see God's power at work this year as we walk with him and as we trust in him. And that he will do things that can only be pointed to him in terms of solutions to things that we're trying to solve and situations we're trying to work through. Amen? But as I reflected on that, I was thinking again, though, about what our role is. And our role is today and every day still to walk in the way that he leads. He will make a way where there seems to be no way, but we still need to walk in the direction and according to the voice and according to the way that he leads us, and that is daily devotion. And the Christian life, the Christian walk, is about both of those things, miraculous moments. The moment that you came to Christ may have been a miraculous moment in your life, where your eyes were opened and you realized who Jesus is for the first time. You received his forgiveness, and you stepped into eternal life and, and with him as your king and him, and you, him as your Lord. A miraculous moment in your life. You may have had other situations where you've seen God bring a breakthrough. Breaking chains like we've talked about this morning. Or doing other th remarkable things. And those are miraculous moments. But actually, when it really gets down to it, when the rubber hits the road, our walk with Jesus is about a daily devotion. And we want to be those who walk with him. A little bit of context for the verse that we read there from Isaiah. I'm not going to go in depth, but I fully and highly recommend the Bible Project. If you want to get really helpful overviews in a few minutes of books of the Bible, the Bible Project is really good. And um, uh, I found that helpful myself looking at I, the book of Isaiah. But here's in very, very brief format. Israel was stuck in the consequences of a cycle of disobedience and compromise. And really, this has been the story of the people of Israel right from early on. And we looked at some of that last, last year in, in the series that we, the teaching series we went through. But they would find themselves realizing they needed God. So they'd come to God, 
they would as a nation or as a king or a ruler of the nation they would come and they would bring the nation to back to god and bring come in repentance admit their need of him and then they would grow and they would restore that relationship they would be walking with god they'd be choosing godly choices making godly decisions living a god and then they would become comfortable and they would become used to that blessing and they would become um complacent and they would begin to just one little degree at a time turn their backs on God and walk in their own ways again until they got into such a desperate situation of destruction that they realized they needed God and so the cycle would continue and Isaiah is a key key specific with a specific shape key on it a key word into the nation and the life of the people of Israel and to the nations. It's in the book of Isaiah that we read that God's house will be a house of prayer for all nations. And, and into that, Isaiah speaks and he brings prophetic promise and prophetic instruction. And to, to make it crudely oversimplistic, but for my brain that sometimes is very helpful... Don't know about anyone else. But the heart of most of the prophet's messages, including Isaiah, is this. Godliness will, godlessness will lead to judgment, but there is always hope in God's promise. And following him will lead to blessing. Earlier at the beginning of the chapter, it says, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord. To those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin. And what happened is the people of Israel were forming alliances. They were seeking help, but they were seeking help from Pharaoh, forgetting that their hope was in the Lord, who had delivered them through the Red Sea. And yet there he... how often we as human, sinful human beings carry out plans that are not the Lord's. I don't want to go into a deep theological debate, but there are, there are, there, there are some um, schools of theology that would understand everything down to the very minutest detail of what goes on on earth to be God's plan. Now, I understand and appreciate the, uh, the, the, un, the, the knowledge that God is in control. He is sovereign. He reigns. But when we see things that go on on the earth, we, see the, we watch the news every day. I want to tell you, to the best of my knowledge, those things that are taking place that are causing pain and destruction and that are from a place of selfishness and greed, those are not the way that God works. So though these things may take place and may happen on the earth, within, and, and our best attempt to try and understand it is to think that God has an overall overarching sovereign plan and he is absolutely in control and he brings good out of every bad situation and that God's will will be done on the earth and his plan will be fulfilled. Amen? But we have 
the ability to make our own choices. And in that very passage that we just read, it says, carrying out plans that are not mine. There are people on the earth carrying out plans that are not God's. And when we're hurting and wounding one another, when we're, um, when, when we're doing things from selfishness and greed, we are carrying out plans that are not the Lord's. And we can point the finger at Israel and say, there they go again in that cycle of forgetting that they needed God and, and how silly they were to turn their backs on God and then to need to be awakened and repent. But how? I mean, come on, is it just me? How, how much does that sound like the cycles that we go through in our own lives? It's a picture of what human uh, life can be like, forgetting that we need God and then remembering that we need him. So I trust that God's sovereign plan is going to be fulfilled on the earth. But I also want to learn to know what it's like to hear a voice saying, go left, go right, carry out my plans while you're walking through this broken life. And it's an aspiration that we should all desire. Amen? And God goes on to say to the nation of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. And he says to them, but you would have none of it. And I just, you know, even as I was walking around Balkan Antararian, I think sometimes, yeah, you're right, Lord, sometimes I'll have none of it. <laughs> I don't want to make those choices. Sometimes it's easier to look at the immediate answers in front of me rather than trusting what God might be saying about a situation. But here God shows us the way to his route. And his route to salvation is through repentance. Realizing, recognizing, acknowledging, taking ownership over the things that we've done wrong, the wrong choices that we've made, confessing them to God, receiving his forgiveness, confessing them to people so that we can be healed and set free from the power that they hold over us in, in situations where we know people and we trust them and, we, and uh, we, we, can, we can minister to one another through repentance and our route to strength is through trust in him. Stopping trusting in our own abilities and our own answers and our own solutions and looking to him. So we might point the finger at Israel, but realize that actually, and is it Billy? Billy, who's uh, he's not been well, so, but uh, he, had, he had a fall uh, on Monday. Uh, you know, Billy, Billy in June, Billy, and um, uh, he, he did some damage to the tendons in his knee and his wrist. So Lord, we just pray for a complete healing for Billy in Jesus' name. Thank you that you've already begun to restore him and that the testimony was good uh, about the, the journey of, of, of healing. But Lord, we ask for full healing. Amen. The reason I mentioned Billy is because Billy, what, what, Billy's got a few little sayings and one of them is whenever you point the finger at somebody else, you've got three pointing back at you. So how do we respond to the godlessness that we see around us? And sometimes we want to just point the finger, but we need to be humble and realize who we are. But also we need to catch God's heart. How does God treat those who rebel against? How does God treat those who have done things their own way? 
Well, church, just look in the mirror. How has God treated you? Because you were an enemy of God before you knew his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So how does God treat us? And we get more insight in this chapter in Isaiah. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. The Lord longs. He longs. What do you long for? The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed, blessed are all who wait for him. So we can go our way, follow our natural inclination, trust in our own strength, walk proudly as if we've never done anything wrong ourselves. Or we can realize his way and we can accept his grace because he wants to be gracious and compassionate as well as being just and true. And somehow, we need to find the strength to walk in his ways. But it's hard. It's not an easy path following Jesus. The Bible never promises an easy path of following Jesus. And sometimes the gospel can be presented in, in a rosy way where you, you give your life to Jesus and everything will be great. It will be great in the bigger picture because we have eternal salvation and we have the fullness of life in Christ Jesus and he's come that we have life and life in all of its fullness and it will be. But I think anybody who has walked with Jesus for any length of time can testify that life is not always easy following Jesus. Anyone? But we need to find the strength to walk in his ways. And waiting on him and trusting in him are our best way to live. And that's at the heart of Isaiah's message. In the face of Israel's cycle of failure, there's a hope that God will send the Messiah of David's line to bring God's kingdom. Isaiah's prophecy, at the, at the heart of of what he's bringing in his message of hope to Israel is a message of light in the darkness. Over the Christmas period, you've probably heard this passage read from Isaiah 9 and verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. God made a way where there seemed to be no way. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counsel, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How did God make a way where there seemed to be saying or doing anything for the people of Israel? What did he do? He became one of us. This king would be called Emmanuel, God with us from Isaiah 7 then Isaiah said hear now you house of David is it not enough to try the patience of humans will you try the patience of God of my God also therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him. Would you say this with me? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. That was one of the names that was given to Yeshua, to Jesus, to Yesi. Emmanuel. God with us. He has become the way where there seemed to be no way. The fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy was God himself becoming that way. And who better to guide us to a destination like the eternity that we long for in our hearts than the one who's come from that place themselves? He knew the way because he'd come from there in order to bring us to there. The eternal one steps into creation, not just to show us the way, but to be way. Jesus is the way that we walk in. And we can walk in him. This is the way. He is the way. We know this familiar passage as well. Can we read these words together from John 14? There's two slides. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Now, Jesus is speaking into their troubled hearts. They're troubled by what he's taking place. They're troubled by what he's uh, suggesting is going to be happening. And Jesus points them to the Father's house. Because that is our destination. That is our direction of travel the 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 direction that we're moving in is is into our eternal um our eternal relationship with father god and what jesus wanted them to understand or perhaps wanted to sort of cryptically allow them to work out because jesus was sometimes quite cryptic in the way that he explained things he 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 could see some value in the journey of people having to suss out what it was that he meant how often is it that you have to actually you learn the most when you have to go and work it out but we know now because of the rest of what he said that we can know the way if we know the way and Thomas said to him the same thing that I think I would have said Lord we don't know where you're going What are you talking about? We don't know where you're going how can we know the way? Don't forget this was before Google Maps or any other kind of sat-nav. He wasn't just saying, could you give us the coordinates, please? We don't know where you're going. We don't even know. You haven't even told us where you're going. How on earth can we know the way? And Jesus doesn't <laughs> answer the question as you would expect. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to heaven and... And, and you need to do this, 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 and this. And you need to say this, 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 and this. And as long as you tick this box and this box and this box and, and, and fill in a, a card that says that you've done this. No. What did he say? 
I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Was that the question Thomas had asked? (laughs) How do we get to the Father? What are these mansions you're talking about? The same question we probably would ask. But Jesus was speaking on another perspective. We want navigation to a destination. Jesus wants to bring us to the Father. That's where, he, that's, where, that's where he wants to bring you today. He wants to bring you to the Father. And he says this, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. The pursuit of our lives is to know him, to walk with him. And which way are we going to decide to walk? In him we can find life, we can find peace, we can find salvation and we can find strength just as Isaiah prophesied. But we have the choice every day of our lives. Are we going to walk his way, which may be tough, but it leads to life and blessing? Are we going to choose to walk our way, which may look more comfortable, may be more natural, our natural inclination, but it will lead to destruction. I got to a certain point on my walk at Balkanantararian, and I had a choice to make. I don't know if anybody's ever had this choice to make at Balkanantararian. You can turn right and have a short, easy walk. Easier walk. Or you can choose left. It's longer. It's further. It's muddier. It wasn't particularly muddy this day, but just for dramatic effect, go with me. (laughs) You get the idea. This way was shorter, although it looks uphill at the beginning. This way was longer. And I don't think we always need to do this, but I, I did. God, which way? Which, what, what's, the, what's on the agenda today? And he wanted me to go left, so we went left, and he really spoke to me, and, 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 and we had a, a good time on the long, the long route round. God doesn't always say you've got to take the, t- the, the, the difficult route. It's not, that's not the point that I'm making. The point is we have choices, and sometimes we know that we're meant to go left, and we go right. The, the amazing news is that our destination is still the same, and God knows how to get us back on track. That may be your, where you're at on your journey today. You know God is leading or wanting you to go a certain way, but it's just time to get back on track. Some of you maybe have never started walking this journey with Jesus. But as you stand at a crossroads, choices to make. God says this, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. I'm going to continue 
from a very different angle next week this theme um, of walking his way. And I'm going to talk about some of how we do that together because I believe that discipleship is absolutely key to what God wants to do among us this year. And I think we need to equip ourselves and I need to work harder and, 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 and frame that and, and understand what that means for us. But today, so that's going to be more about community and how we do this together and how we, how we can strengthen and walk with one another. But today, this is about you and God. This is about you and God. Are you going to, am I going to, hear his word and walk his way? God says this is the way. Walk in it. Can we just close our eyes for a moment if you're comfortable to do so? If you are realizing for the first time today that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and you you haven't actually come to a point in your journey before where you've given your life to him and said, yes, I'm going to walk your way. But this morning you're realizing this is true. Jesus is the way. I need the forgiveness of my sins. I need the freedom that he offers and I need eternal life that he can bring me. If that's you this morning, we'd love to pray with you and help you begin that journey. Is there anybody who's in the room for whom that is the case? And while eyes are closed, I would ask you to raise your hand just so that we can know that you're wanting to take that step and begin a journey walking with him. And we can help you to do so. Nobody in the room, and that's fine. If there's anybody who does want to talk more about that, please talk to us. And if you're online, please email us or get in touch with us somehow in order to talk that more fully through. Some people have been walking their own way. We all do it, so this is no, there's no fingers pointing at you this morning. There's no judgment. But if you know you've been walking your own way and you want to get back on track and walk his way, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Be brave and just acknowledge that before the Lord this morning. Is there anybody who knows they just need to be on track? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Bless your honesty. Bless you. This is a day for fresh starts for you. Whatever that represents, the the path that you know you shouldn't have walked down or be walking down, God is moving you from that path to his path. His voice is saying, walk this way. Lord, I pray for the brothers and sisters who have just acknowledged that before you, that they need to get back on track. I pray that you would bring them salvation and strength from whatever it is that they, salvation from whatever it is that's been distracting or or, or guiding them, and strength to walk with you for you.
people around them to support them and help them as well, Lord. And for all of us, there's a challenge that I know I need to rise to, that we all need to hear. Lord, let me hear your voice. But more than that, let me walk your way. The way, the truth, and the life. Help us, Lord, 2024, to do this more. Enable us and equip us and strengthen us, Lord. Because we know that you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And we're going to walk with you in daily devotion. This year, miraculous moments and daily devotion. Let them be held together. We don't want one more than the other. But we do want to walk with you more than anything. We pray this for your glory and your name's sake. In in the wonderful and beautiful and glorious name of Jesus. Amen.